0: Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships.
1: And good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. I am Rudy Rule. Debbie is not here tonight. She is doing wedding planning with our daughter. And so she is somewhere between here and and New Orleans so we hope that she has safe travel and gets home soon. I've been babysitting a four-year-old and a three-year-old so I need help but <laughs> we're here tonight. And it's a good evening to you and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. I'm Rudy Rule Tonight we have a great show planned. We're going to be continuing our series on A vision for 2020, where I'll be discussing a vision for your finances tonight. We're going to be talking about money tonight, so everybody gather around the radio. This is everyone's favorite topic. I'll be discussing ways to budget, to beat debt, and to leave a legacy. So we're going to get that started here in just a little bit. Uh, I do have some interesting things to share with you tonight. Every week, Debbie shares these statements of how important it is to us. We believe the home is a place that should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and to feel the peace of God. We both feel very honored to have those around us. Day to day, throughout the year, our family and our friends. At home with Debbie Rule is your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. So tonight we're going to be talking about finances, as it individually or within a marriage, and I'll be taking it from a marriage approach because. Debbie and I have been married 30 years plus, 35 years, I think it's coming up, and we have dealt with finances within our marriage, and uh, initially we didn't uh, deal with them very well. But we'll talk more about that. I want to start off with money personalities. Now, some of you may be familiar with the five love languages, and uh, they also have five Money languages and four money languages, and you can probably find other uh, books that have different numbers. But I'm going to talk about four money personalities tonight. When you talk about languages, you might lose somebody, but if we talk about personalities, we all know somebody with a personality. So, to begin with, I want you to listen to these descriptions and see if you can identify yourself and your spouse. So listen for the one that sounds like you and if you're listening with your spouse don't point the finger or nudge them in the ribs. Just listen and there'll be a test later. So uh, the four money personalities. First one is the driven personality. Uh, The driven personality believes that having money uh, makes them successful, It makes them confident, they feel Successful, They feel confident, and they feel like they deserve other people's respect because they have money. And the uh, opposite of that is when they don't have money, they feel like a failure. They have a lack of confidence, and they don't feel like they deserve respect, basic human respect. So you see where their money personality can kind of get out of kilter. The second money personality is amiable. The amiable money person uh, likes having money so that they can show the people they love that they love them. And they show that love by buying gifts. And they are so amiable they'll buy gifts for strangers. Uh, Debbie has this personality. She's very amiable. She loves to buy people gifts and show her affection and love through gift giving. The third money personality is the analytic, and that's me. Uh, Money is a protection against the chaos of the world. It's protection against problems. Money is security. A lot of us grew up poor, and we might have made a vow that we would never be poor, that we'll do whatever it takes to never be poor. Uh, Tell you what, being poor put a stress on you but uh, dealing with being poor can put a stress on you as well so i was or i am analytic regarding money and debbie's amiable and so we have a conflict uh, and so we'll talk more about that the fourth money personality is the expressive having money means acceptance and respect it's not the same as driven driven is going to work 80 to 120 hours a week to get the money and do whatever it takes the expressive uh, likes having money so that they can be accepted and respected so knowing these four money personalities the driven the amiable the analytic and the expressive did you hear yourself described in these four personalities now the second question is, did you hear your spouse identified in these four personalities? So what you might find is that the two of you are just different. You have different money personalities. Now some people have the same money personality. And you would think, boy, that's, that's just, that would be great if we had the same money personality. But a money personality has a weakness. And when both people in a relationship have the same weakness, that can cause problems also. Now, most people don't like talking about money because they disagree on the money. Debbie and I have counseled couples, and we do couples counseling. And years ago, we had this one couple. They made about five times as much money as we did. And they were at each other's throat about money. And after we had talked with them, we just looked at each other and said, I can't believe it. If we only made a little bit more money, all of our problems would be gone. That's what we think, but that's not true. So the driven, the amiable, the analytic, and the expressive are the four uh, money personalities. And like I say, you can go online and find the five money personalities, the six, the seven, the eight. The thing about talking about money Uh, You both want to be on the same page. If you decide you're going to do this, and like I say, most folks don't like talking about money. They just hope the problems go away. And that approach never works. I've never seen it work, and I just don't believe it ever will work, hoping your problems go away. You have to be actively working towards resolving those problems and resolving those differences. Debbie and I have been married 35 years. And we have different money personalities. But we've learned to live together and live together successfully. And we did that by going to marriage conferences and marriage counseling and learning about these things. It's not like one personality is right and one personality is wrong. It's just how we are. It's how we look at money. It may be um, from our nurturing the way we grew up, or it might just be natural. Whatever it is, we have personalities, and they're not always the same, but we can coexist and and do that in a successful way that uh, leads to a long and happy life together. Now, there are financial advisors out there. There's one on... uh, You can listen to that's uh, well-known. His name is Dave Ramsey. He has Financial Peace University. Um, I've listened to him extensively. I've taken the Financial Peace University on two occasions. It changed our lives. And the thing about that we dealt with was Debbie felt like I was trying to manipulate her whenever I would talk to her about money. And whenever we went to the Dave Ramsey financial peace university. She heard someone else saying the same things I was saying. And so she no longer felt like she, I was trying to manipulate her. And so we both moved forward a huge step in our relationship by getting outside counseling, outside, uh, input. And then we got that from Dave Ramsey. Everything he says, as far as I have heard is absolutely true. Um, uh, The point being that all steps, whoever you choose to listen to, whoever you choose to follow, uh, every step of uh, financial planning takes work, and it takes commitment, it takes effort, and it takes agreement. Uh, Now, if you're doing this by yourself, if you're single, if you're an individual, and you're trying to uh, get your financial situation in order, we're going to get to that in the very next topic. Uh, let me finish this one about married couples. The one thing that Debbie and I learned, thankfully, early on in our marriage was that a married couple needs to agree on the sacrifices they are going to make. Problems come from unmet expectations. Well, I expected you to do this. Well, you didn't do it. Well, I didn't tell you I was going to do that. I mean, you can see where those problems arise. Well, uh, whenever you want to accomplish something financially, you have to agree on the sacrifices you're going to make. We're going to cut off the cable so we can save money for the new car, for the down payment, for, for a house. Whatever it is your goal financially, you have to agree on the sacrifices you're going to make. We're going to plan for juniors college. So you're not going to get a new car for five years. Well, wait a minute. What about that boat? I mean, so you see... You know, I'm not trying to cause trouble tonight with anybody's relationship, but these things are so true. Uh, we, We have to agree on the sacrifices we're going to make. If we don't, then we're going to have trouble. We're going to have problems. So we want to step over now to seven financial planning components. And again... If you Google, if you go online and you start researching financial planning or any of these things that I'm talking about, you'll find millions of different permutations. Uh, You have to find one that you both agree on. Hey, let's take this one and do it. You know, getting back to Dave Ramsey, and I'm not plugging him. He's the one I'm familiar with. Uh, We both decided that we would do what he said to the best of our ability, so we agreed now to do what someone else was telling us to do. And we did it, like I say, to the best of our ability, because it's pretty strict, and it's pretty hard, and when you're new at it, you get tired of doing it, and you would want to do what you want to do. And so, uh, you know, we haven't, haven't perfected it, and it's been 20 years. Uh, because you only do it as much as you want to. And that's just the truth of anything. But uh, it certainly uh, allowed us to stay together and be happy and achieve the things we wanted to achieve. So, But every step takes commitment and effort and agreement. Just imagine you want to do something and the person you're married to is working against you. Well, it's going to be a lot harder to get it accomplished, and that's going to create a lot of friction. And, you know, for married couples, we teach that it's you and me against the world. I mean, the world's coming against us. We need to be each other's best friend, best buddy. You can depend on me. I'll, I've got your back and go forward that way. So whenever we talk about these different uh, components of financial planning, uh, all of that comes under what I've just already said that it takes uh, agreement and commitment and hard work okay the first step of financial planning is to cash flow plan in other words how much do you have coming in how much do you have going out if you've got more going out than you have coming in well you've got a problem and that's where a lot of us are you know we we budgeted and we thought we could afford this new car and now something else has happened and suddenly we're underwater so you have to make you have to make some tough choices years ago we had a very good friend that was a cpa and cpas are analytical and they're very harsh when they talk to people about well not all i'm painting with a broad brush but this particular cpa was very very blunt let me say it that way and he said you know when you're in a hole stop digging so, <laughs> he looked at us like, you keep digging yourself a deeper into the hole. you got to stop digging. You know, if you're in debt, the only way to get out of debt is stop going further into debt and start paying the debt off. So, it's cash flow planning. Everybody has cash flow. You know, unless you're unemployed, and we've been there before as well, then you don't have any flow. So, you're not, you know, it's like one guy told me, he said, you know, the, the bill collectors were calling and if they got ugly with me I said hey buddy i'll take your name out of the hat <laughs> I'm like what, what do you mean he said well we put everybody's in name in a hat and whoever we pull out that's who we pay that month so you know sometimes life gets hard and that's where you find yourself so cash flow planning now if you're fortunate enough to uh, have investments the second step in financial planning or the second component is risk management you know uh, I was a broker at Merrill Lynch and a friend of mine said you know the first five letters of broker spell broke which is very true and uh, I read a story about a man walking on Wall Street and he pointed out to his friend he said you see all those boats out there in the harbor and he said yeah Nice boats, those wealthy people. He said those aren't those aren't investors. Those belong to the brokers. Brokers make money in an up market and a down market. Every time you buy or sell, they make money. That's what a broker does. So when you start talking risk management, be careful who you're talking to. They are there to capture assets. That's what a broker does. Captures assets so that the firm can invest them. So I'm just a word of caution, be careful who you listen to. You've got to know what your level of comfort regarding risk is. Some people love CDs at the bank. CDs pay a very low interest rate, but they're very safe. If you've got to put money somewhere where you have to absolutely know it's there and it, you're not going to lose it, you know, that's kind of, it's it's FDIC-insured and that's basically the federal government. If the U.S. fails, you're not going to, it doesn't matter where your money is. So that's just risk management. Uh, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, municipals, things like that are all investment vehicles. Uh, if you want to invest in risky uh, stocks, you want someone who will uh, invest in derivatives, derivatives or puts and calls. And, boy, you can make a lot of money, and you can lose a lot of money real fast. So, you know, everybody wants that that stock that tripled in six months, but those are few and far between. IPOs, individual, or uh, initial options, initial uh, sales of stock. you got to be a big player to get into an IPO. So there's just uh, so many different levels of, risk management, talk to a financial planner, a certified financial planner. If you want to go that way, I would encourage you to find three different firms, maybe in three different cities, and go talk to them and tell them exactly the same thing and let them come back with a financial plan for you, and then you compare the three and find the one that you like. And what you might find is that they are in agreement on a lot of things, and just who do you feel more comfortable with? Don't just go to one and let someone talk you into something. So that's risk management. The third component to financial planning is retirement planning. You know, so many of us today realize we'll never get to retire, we'll work for the rest of our life. And some of us have made that life choice. Uh, maybe your parents retired and they told you that they were miserable and wish they had never retired. Some people like to continue working. Some people have their own businesses, and that's what keeps them alive and keeps them going. So other people hate their job, hate the career that they're in, and can't wait to get out. And so they are planning on retirement, and they're going to run, run, run as far away as they can from whatever city they're living in or whatever a career they have, and never do it again and go live somewhere peacefully. I talk to Debbie all the time about how fortunate we are that we get to live in Brady, Texas, where there are millions of people around this country that would love to be able to retire in Brady or in a place like Brady. So we are very fortunate and thankful that we get to live here. So, um, you know, whenever we go to Houston or Dallas, oh, man, it's just, we used to live in cities like that, and we were in the flow, and we're not in the flow anymore, so it uh, it's a real stressed, stress on us to go and be a part of that, and we're thankful to be where we are. Now, I know whenever I graduated high school, I couldn't get far enough away from home fast enough and traveled around the world, but, you know, different, you get different ages, you have different desires. So retirement planning is another component. Some people really uh, focused on that and some people just as I said are at the point where you know what I'm not going to retire but maybe I would like to do something different I've done this for a while I'd like to do that Okay. the uh, fourth component to financial planning is college planning maybe you want to go to college maybe you want to finish college maybe you want to plan for your children to go to college so that's a part Of financial planning that needs to be addressed. We talked earlier about risk management. Uh, Investing is the fifth component of financial planning. How do you want to invest? The sixth component is estate planning. How are you going to pass on what you have as your legacy to your children? And the seventh is tax planning. Now, you know. I'm not a CPA, and I don't play one on TV. Uh, Anybody that gives you tax advice, again, you need to talk to somebody who's an expert. The tax laws change, sometimes it seems like, daily. But certainly, annually, taxes change. Your situation changes. Your investments change. How your investments are taxed changes. So you need an expert. The money you save... And the peace of mind you get from using an expert is well worth the cost. Those people study long and hard, and it's continuing education. Your CPA has to take continuous education. The tax code is constantly changing, and uh, you have to run very fast just to keep up with all the changes, the tax attorneys as well. So that are, those are the seven uh, components to financial planning, cash flow, risk management, retirement, college planning, investing, estate planning, and tax planning. And so those are, when we start talking about money, you know, sometimes we're just worried about, are we going to run out of money before the end of the month? We've got more month than money. And a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people are two weeks from being homeless. I mean, if they miss a paycheck, they may not be able to pay the rent or keep the electricity on. Those are all parts of your financial personality and how you how you plan. Budgeting is probably the foundation of successful financial planning. You've got to learn how to budget. In other words, your inflow versus your outflow, cash flow planning. That's why it's number one. So... Uh, We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back to talk more about that. Stay with us.
0: If you're a rancher, hunter, or simply just want to improve and protect your property, Cortez Fencing and Dozer Service has built our business on integrity and the principle of doing every job right the first time. At Cortez Fencing and Dozer Services, we offer quality, efficient, and affordable services on every job. Give us a call at 597-2048 or 456-7390 and get the job done your way, the right way, and right away with Cortez Fencing and Dozer Services. 597-2048-456-7390. It's football season, and the clock is running, so join the winning team at Heart of Texas Ford and come away with great deals like this 2018 F-150 SuperCrew XL Sport with Cruise, Tilt, Power Equipment Group, and Sink for only 33 And we have several to choose from, so come on down to Heart of Texas Ford, where every deal comes straight from the heart. Or go to our website at www.heartoftexasford.com and check out all our new and used vehicles. And don't forget, texasford.com.
2: Rick's Home Furnishings, family owned and operated since 1935, has a reputation for quality and dependability.
0: They are proud to offer you. J.K. Jewelry and Awards are proud sponsors of the Rochelle Hornets. We hope you keep us in mind for all your jewelry purchases. Repairs are when selling gold or silver. Our office is located in our home. That's at 6760 U.S. Highway 190 East in Rochelle. Phone 243-5000. We welcome you to visit our...
2: Everybody wants to be in love, have great kids, and the perfect home. But nobody wants to talk about how to get there. At Home with Debbie Rule is a safe place to get advice on how to fight fair or call 911, in-laws or outlaws. Who the heck are these kids and what do I do with them? Let's face it, modern family isn't all fairy tales. Because there are a few places that really explore the reality of relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly... At Home with Debbie Rule is a place where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and testimonies. I'm Debbie Rule. Join me every Sunday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule, a talk show about home, family, and relationships. At Home with Debbie Rule, right here on 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. Follow us at Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m., at Home with Debbie Rule.
1: All right, we're back. Rudy Rule here with you tonight on At Home with Debbie Rule. We're continuing our series on 2020 Vision, where I'm discussing a vision for your finances, discussing ways to budget, to beat debt, and to leave a legacy. You know, we want the nice things in life, and sometimes we struggle to get them, and making good choices is the way to be happy in this life. So... That extends to money decisions as well. We've talked about uh, getting outside help for your money personalities. We talked about Dave Ramsey at Financial Peace University uh, taking the steps to get out of debt. Uh, We talked about money personalities, the driven, the amiable, the analytic, and the expressive. Which one are you? Which one is your spouse? And how do you interact together? Debbie and I jokingly talk about how we used to have deep philosophical discussions about money. <laughs> That's just a euphemism for a knockdown, down drag-out, screaming fight where we would wind up calling each other names. And so uh, money uh, can bring out the worst in a person. So we also had a time where by the time the paycheck hit the checking account we were broke again and so that's another thirty days of no money and so we decided to learn how to agree on how to spend our money, how to plan our cash flow, our income and our outgo our uh, comfort with risk we talked about financial planning, retirement planning, college planning, investing estate planning and tax planning, all of those things. And so we're in agreement on everything. And if we're not in agreement, we just don't bring that up. We we agree to disagree. And you can do that too. So what financial planning is not. Most people want to handle their finances so that they get full satisfaction from each available dollar. Now think about that statement. We want to handle our finances so that we get full satisfaction from each available dollar. I was late paying the electric bill, and they charged me $28 late fee. I mean, that's 28 bucks. just still bothers me. But it was my fault I was late. You know, you've got to pay it on time. Um, I didn't get full satisfaction from that $28, I promise you. Typical financial goals include such things as a new car, a larger home, advanced career training, extended travel, and self-sufficiency during working and retirement years. As I counsel retired folks that are later in life, they give me advice being a young person. They say, save your money, save your money, (laughs) save your money. I mean when you have no money that is hard and when you're old er older and you're beyond working years I mean you can't just go out and get a job it's really difficult so that's what my older uh folks have shared with me is Rudy save your money save your money save your money so that's what I'll tell you save your money to achieve these and other goals, people need to identify and set priorities. And priorities are a way of saying, this is important to me. And so you're married to someone, the two have become one. You're married to someone and, and what's important to you needs to be important to that person also. And if it's not, you've got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. We don't value things the same way. You know, you might have heard, we had a couple come to us, and the guy said, you know, I promised myself when I was a kid that I would have a boat. When I was a kid, we didn't have a boat, and I wanted a boat, and my dad wouldn't buy a boat, and I promised myself that we would have a boat, and I'm going to have a boat. And well, his wife is sitting there going, we can't afford a boat. I need a car. I need this, we need that, blah, blah, blah. And he's bound to determine he's going to have a boat. So she didn't value the boat as high as he did. And you know what? Um, They had to come to a decision. Is his happiness important enough to her for her to agree to the boat? Is her need of a car important enough that he sacrifices and doesn't get the boat. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's situation is unique. Uh, all you can hope for is that someone comes along that can guide you into making the decision that you can both live with. So, Setting priorities is one of those areas where you have to agree on the sacrifices you're going to make. Well, this is a priority to me. Well, it's not a priority to me. Well, then that's a problem. So you need to talk those things out. And like I said earlier, most folks don't like talking about money because they disagree. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to dig my feet in. This is the way it's going to be. And that's hard to deal with. So, uh, that, and, you know, some of you might be out there going, wow, he is reading our book. But Debbie and I have marriage counseled for 30 plus years. And it's funny. It's the same problem over and over and over. Uh, Some research says that 90% of marriage problems presented to marriage counselors are financial. It's different, uh, different money personalities, different attitudes towards money. Not being able to agree on how to spend the money you have. So to achieve these and other goals people need to identify and set priorities. Financial and personal satisfaction are the result of an organized process that is commonly referred to as a personal money management or personal financial planning. It's individual. It's personal. And when you're married, it's the two of you. You're you're bound together legally. The laws protect both parties. And so, you know... Uh, You've got to find a way, if you want to really be happy, you've got to find a way to work together. Somebody's got to give, and somebody's got to appreciate their giving in. And so later, it's your turn to give in. And, you know, one hand washes the other. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. We work together, and we set our goals. And, you know, if you want something, we'll work to accomplish that, and then it's my turn. And so it's just being fair in marriage is so important. Personal financial planning is the process of managing your money to achieve personal economic satisfaction. In other words, you want to be happy with your money. So you, if you plan it, you'll be able to do the things you want to do. You know, it's hard to take a trip if you don't plan it. Uh, You know, we've got X amount of dollars, it's going to cost X amount in gas, it's going to cost X amount in food, it's going to cost X amount in the hotel, and it's going to cost X amount to get back, and, you know, we've got just enough that while we're there we can go do this or do that. We used to take the kids on vacation, and one year we went to a resort that was very expensive, but it had a lot of amenities, and we stayed on the resort, or at the resort, and enjoyed all of they had to offer. The next year we talked to the kids about the resort or we could stay someplace less expensive and do all of the things in the area we were at, like ride the go-karts, ride the ski-dos, do stuff like that. And so we did that and so they got a taste of both and uh, but it was planning ahead of time. was the same amount of money to do one or the other but we weren't able to do both so one year we did one one year we did the other this planning process allows you to control your financial situation if you feel like you're out of control you are out of control if you don't feel like you're controlling your financial situation and you know people uh, like to Get after folks for wanting to be in control. Oh, so you like to be in control? Well, yeah, I like to be in control. Who wants to be controlled by someone else? So don't hesitate to admit, yeah, I want to be in control of my finances. I want to take control of my finances, or we want to take control of our finances. If you're in a marriage, it's our. Everything is our. And you work together and you make decisions. And if you both have income, it's still our money, our income, our home, our family, our life together. And if you need to work through that, there are ways you can work through that. Um, the planning process allows you to control your financial situation. Every person, family, or household is unique. And any financial activity, therefore, must be also considered unique and carefully planned to meet specific needs and goals. Everybody's got a different situation. Having said that, I just earlier said that so many of the problems presented in marriage counseling are the same problems. Well, you've got unique situations, but it's still about money. It's still about your money personality and how you feel about money and how you feel about spending money. Debbie is a capitalist Or actually, I'm a capitalist and Debbie's a consumer. And what that means is when we met, I had a plan and I was uh, investing. And her plan was, enjoy the money now. And so, you know, if one's a saver and an investor and one's a spender, guess what? Those two are uh, diametrically opposed. And so her money personality was to spend lavishly on the people she loved and to give gifts. And and you know what? my <laughs> That wasn't my personality at all. And so, um, you know, our family is much happier because Debbie's in it. But uh, we do have a financial plan because I'm in it. So we both bring something to the table. Um, a com- comprehensive financial plan can enhance the quality of your life and increase your satisfaction by reducing uncertainty about future needs and resources. The specific advantages of personal financial planning include increased effectiveness in obtaining, using, and protecting your financial resources throughout your lifetime. It includes increased control of your financial affairs by avoiding excessive debt, bankruptcy, and dependence on others for economic security. It includes improved personal relationships resulting from well-planned and effectively communicated financial decisions. And it will give you a sense of freedom from financial worries obtained by looking to the future, anticipating expenses, and achieving your personal economic goals. I love that uh, commercial on TV that talks about how you become your parents. These two couples are out to dinner and they say Mary and Joe have become their parents and they're sitting there at the table talking to the waitress or the uh, server and it's a young lady and they say, oh, are you in school? Yes. Well, what are you studying? Arts. Oh, well, have you thought about how you're going to make money? You know, <laughs> that's like, that. who's that sound like? Are you? Have you thought about how you're going to make money? When you get grown up and you get out in the real world and you find out everybody wants a part of your paycheck, man, we didn't know that the world was like this. You've got a car payment, car insurance, electric bill, rent, uh, gas, food, everything. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Once you get into the flow and you've done it for years, you don't even realize just how many hands are in your pocket. and, You wake up one day and, you know, the bank account's empty and you're wondering, where'd all that money go? So having a financial plan, having agreement on the sacrifices you're going to make, having an agreement on the future uh, will give you a sense of freedom from financial worries. And so that's all we want, isn't it? Uh, We all make hundreds of decisions every day. Most of these decisions are simple and have few consequences if we make the wrong decision. But some decisions are complex, and they have long-term effects on our personal and financial situations. And so a financial planning process is a logical procedure. Uh, I've outlined seven steps. Here's another one that talks about six steps. It says uh, the number one step is determining your current financial situation. You might say, well, we're broke and in debt. Uh, Or maybe we've got money to spend. Should we spend it or save it? Should we invest it? What's our risk level? Number two is developing financial goals. What are the goals you have? What do you want to achieve? When do you want to go to Paris? When do you want to take that trip around the world? When do you want to get that car paid off? You have goals. Number three, identifying alternative courses of action. Number four, evaluating alternatives. Number five, creating and implementing a financial action plan and number six, reevaluating and revising the plan. So, like I said, on Google you can get any number of financial guides. But let's look at this first step determining your current financial situation. In this first step of the financial planning process, you determine your current financial situation with regard to your income, your savings, your living expenses, and your debts. That's kind of like a budget. Uh, your income versus all of your outflow. Preparing a list of current asset and debt balances and the amount spent for various items gives you a foundation for financial planning activities. There's another commercial on TV where the daughter looks to her dad and she says, Dad, can I ask you a question? He says, Sure. She says, Should I consolidate my debt into one credit card and and?" pay off all of the others so that I only have one bill each month. And he says, let me tell you what my dad told me. The camel with the largest hump is the wealthiest. So that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, But basically he's saying, I don't have any advice to give you. I don't know anything about money. So uh, when it comes to financial planning, I think it's good advice to find a, a CFP a certified financial planner that works on a fee basis, and you talk to them. And let me take a short break, and we'll be right back.
3: Have you seen CD rates recently? Have you looked at the performance of your IRA? This is Bart Johnson of Painter & Johnson Financial. If you're tired of the ups and downs of the stock market, the low interest rate environment, and worried about risking your savings, it's time to call Painter & Johnson. We have a 4.65% guaranteed interest rate product that allows you to take monthly interest, or you can let it compound tax-deferred. For those wise investors looking for a secure place to put their money, ending risk, and giving a great return, including CDs, IRA rollovers, or dollars just sitting in a low-yielding savings account, Painter & Johnson invites you to come in and put the powerful 4.65% guaranteed interest rate product to work for you. This product is specifically designed for 401k rollovers or as a CD alternative. Call me at 325-646-2959 or come by and learn how we have preserved and grown wealth for our clients for over 40 years. 325-646-2959. Call me today and let's put our 4.65% guaranteed interest rate product to work for you.
1: We're back. I'm Rudy Rule. Thank you for tuning in tonight to At Home with Debbie Rule. Debbie's on the road tonight. We hope she gets home safely. And we've been talking about a 2020 vision for your finances. One of our advertisers just there was Bart Johnson with Painter & Johnson, and he talks about a guaranteed 4.65% investment vehicle. That sounds like an annuity. Uh, Annuities are good for some folks. I hear a lot of things about annuities. I, years ago, put a lot of folks in annuities that were good for their situation. I talked with people who wanted an annuity, and I talked them out of it because it wasn't right for their situation. And there's thousands upon thousands of different permutations of annuities. And, you know, when you talk with someone who's selling you something, they have a vested interest in you buying it. When you talk with someone who you're paying to be a financial advisor, they don't have a vested interest. And that's why a certified financial planner works on a fee basis. And, you know, they may have products that they will sell you, but in most cases they don't. And uh, they talk about how to accomplish the goals that we've been talking about tonight, how to do that financial planning. And so... Again, just talking to one person is never the best idea. It may not be a bad idea, but the best idea is to have two or more counselors, financial planners that you can talk to that can find out your information and find out what your goals are, find out what you want to accomplish, find out what you want to do, and then make a suggestion about how you do that. Another part of that component is the time frame. If you're in your 20s, and you want to retire when you're 70? Well, that you got 45 plus years for your plan to work. If you're 60 and you want to retire at 65, you got five years. Now at 60, you may have a 401k that needs to be rolled over. There's tax implications. Do you want a Roth? Do you want a regular IRA? How do you want to do that? What do you want to invest in? What's your uh, what's your uh, aversion to risk? How much? risk are you comfortable with? You know, the stock market, on average, on average, over 200 years, returns 11% a year. Now, if you beat that, you've beat the market. Now, every year, the market returns what it returns. But if you can average better than 11% a year, then you're averaging better than what the stock market averages. Um, Sometimes, some years, the market's down. There were Years in the 80s that were called Black Friday, uh, days in the 80s called Black Friday, where the market tanked. That's happened in the 90s. That's happened in this uh, century as well. And, you know, whenever I'm listening to the radio and I hear the stock market report, I think, because I used to do that on the radio, every day I'd call in the stock market report. Well, 99% of the people that listen to the stock market report have no idea what all of that means. Who cares? Why, why am I listening? Well, there's 1% out there that wants to know, is the Dow Jones Industrial Average up? Is you know this up? Is this down? What stocks are trending? And so you watch these financial shows on TV. I mean, there is so much that isn't said, and so you're just getting a snapshot of the market. What is the future? I worked for a company called Procter and Gamble, and they started out making candles over almost 200 years ago now. Well, guess what? Before electricity, candles were a big business. Candles aren't such a big business anymore. And Procter and Gamble makes soap and they got into food and they got into all kinds of things, they diversified. So when you talk with a financial planner, And you say, you know, I want all my money in oil. Well, you know, oil is a commodity. It goes up and down. It depends on what happens in the Persian Gulf and what happens in the North Sea and what happens in this pipeline from Canada and all of these things, the spot price of oil, and I don't care. I want all my money in oil. Well, uh, let me give you an example. When I was in the Navy, one of my friends reenlisted, and he got a huge bonus. And that's right after they had deregulated gold, and he went out and put all of his money in gold. He bought it at $848 an ounce. And right after that, that was its peak. He bought it at its highest. Right after that, it began falling, and it fell for like the next 20 years until it bottomed out at like $400. So he put all his money in one place, and he lost half of it his investment. So you want to diversify. You want to find something that's growing, find something that's safe, find something that's got a little more risk and that way you've got a blended portfolio. That's investing. That's financial planning. Uh, Some of us just hope we have enough money when we get to the end of the month. So step two, develop financial goals. You should periodically analyze your financial values and goals. You know, where are we this year? Uh, in 2008, Debbie and I lost a lot of money in the stock market, and a lot of people did. That's when uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac tanked, and it's when Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. That was just a, uh, I mean, that was unprecedented in our lifetime. Now, certainly that happened in the 20s with the market crash, but, boy, we thought we were insulated from that. We lost a lot, and so that happens. Had we had other investment um, vehicles, you we wouldn't have lost anything. So, talking to a financial planner that can explain these things, you're paying them for a service to talk to you so that you understand. You've got to educate yourself as well. Paying a CFP is expensive when you could go buy the books and read them yourself, but it's so hard. Uh, that's why, you know, somebody like Dave Ramsey makes it easy here. I've got financial peace university, financial peace. And again, he's not paying me to, to promote him. Uh, He's never heard of me, but I have invested in his financial peace university, not only the money to buy it, but the time to go and listen to it. And this was years after, uh, being with, um, not Procter & Gamble, who am I thinking of? Anyway, whenever I was a, a stockbroker, so this was years later. And I had been a financial uh, analyst, but Financial Peace University works for everybody, regardless of how much money you make. The concepts of how to plan spending and being in agreement as a couple, uh, it saved our marriage. All right. Specific goals are vital to financial planning. You know, if you don't have a goal in life, how are you going to know when you get there? If you you know somebody that's miserable, they don't have any goals in life. If they had one goal to work towards, if they had one goal to get up in the morning and go and work towards, and they could see progress, and they could see, you know, at such and such a time, I'm going to accomplish what it is I'm trying to do. Working towards a goal that's attainable will change your life. So it's the same with finances. Have a goal with your financial planning. Uh, Others can suggest financial goals for you. However, you must decide which goals to pursue. Be in agreement with your spouse. Your financial goals can range from spending all of your current income, which a lot of us do, to developing an extensive savings and investment program for your future financial security, and everything in between. Hey, we want to go on a vacation this summer. Well, let's find out how much it's going to cost. All right, we need X amount of dollars. Okay, well, we need to save so much every week. We need to set that aside. We need to put that someplace where we don't touch it, and we need to make sure we have it when we're ready to go. So that's financial planning, developing financial goals identifying alternative courses of action, evaluating alternatives, evaluating risk. All of these things work together uh, towards financial planning and making your life more enjoyable. You know, we all want to be happy in life. Um, We just don't know how to get there. And our world is built around a monetary component and when we learn how to use that to enhance our happiness, then we'll, we'll be happier. And the people we love will be taken care of. And the peop- the plans we have, we can achieve. So these are all things that um, aren't counterintuitive. Uh, but they're also things that we may not think of unless we make a decision, this is what we're going to do. Uh, step five is create and implement a financial action plan. This is what we're going to do, and this is how we are going to do it. you got to be in agreement on the sacrifices you're going to make. And then you say, you know, let's do this for three months, and then we'll reevaluate it. We'll sit down and look at it and see what's happening. And so all of these components, they, they, they're not as mind-boggling as it may sound. You know what? money you have coming in. You know what bills you have to pay. You have discretionary income or discretionary money that you can choose to spend and enjoy now or invest and enjoy later. So these are just decisions that you've got to communicate, you've got to talk about, and I just want to close by going back to the money personalities. Identify who you are. Am I a driven money personality? Am I amiable? Am I analytic? Am I expressive? How am I with money? And how is that different with the person I'm married to? And how can we live together? Debbie is amiable. uh, Having money uh, that she can show people how she loves them by buying them gifts. She even buys gifts for strangers, people she doesn't know. Uh, I'm analytic. Money is a protection against the chaos of the world, protection against problems, money is security.
0: Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on on 95.3 FM and canhealradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships.